we go, going in with Gabriel and McGibbon, Michael McGibbon, who I believe is the original uh, creator of Facebook, allegedly, that's what they say. And they're taught they're they're blaming all of this on Hillary, and we all know that Hillary's bringing her butt back in 2020. So um, it's easy to blame it on her, but how are we gonna? How are they gonna stop her? I wonder if they'll mention it in this broadcast. That's what I'm listening for. Is what do you propose to do about it? Because we know it's bad. We could sit here and talk about that until 2030, which Elon Musk says it's a wrap at that point. But I'm just wondering what what they're going to say. What moves the people can actually take or do we just sit here every day and talk about how bad Hillary is and Osama been dead for a long time. But we're still talking about these people. They must be affecting stuff from the grave. I don't know. Let's get in on what they're saying. They're saying the military... Oh, sorry. Hillary holds... And I'm wondering if they named her Hillary. Hillary. Anyway. Holds the keys to Prison Planet through the Federal Common Policy Certification Authority Committee. I never heard of it. But it's FCPCAC. No, sounds like an air conditioner or a disease. I don't know. Let's go in. I don't know. Let's find out what it is. ...and their attempt to take down our president and take down our constitutional republic. So uh, it's just just mind-boggling to me that I would be sitting in America, a country that's always been respected for its freedom and openness, getting taken down by the same group of people that formerly took down Eastern Europe and the Soviet Union. It's just, it just blows my mind. And it underscores the fact that when we look at the George Soros regime changes that have happened in 14 nations, it's always through social media. It's always through the internet. And so I suggest to people that what we're talking about is no longer just globalism because look at the way the Chinese have come into this country and Dragonfly, their social credit system is moving in. It's like a Soviet block we are going to be like just another satellite soviet block country but under china because really when you're talking about globalism you're talking about totalitarianism you're talking about what we see out of silicon valley monopolies controlling the largest corporations in america that don't even pay taxes in america can i interject something there in that story of what happened in the soviet union one of the things that's very clear from history is that these people who who worked to, t- to take down uh, Tsarist Russia and install this godless communism uh, also exhibited a uh, total disregard for human beings and uh, human rights. It, it takes them a while to readjust their entire worldview because what is real history is not known. Now, what is going on right now? This is corporate imperialism, and it's turned the New World Order, which was literally a clash of nations over oil when it was George uh, Bush Sr. who declared the New World Order uh, at the United Nations and said that there's no avoiding it. They will take over. Well, they didn't take over. They right almost before took over. we attacked Iraq. 
Exactly. It was about oil. And in the early days, it was all about oil. And uh, Bush, Cheney, uh, Carlisle Group, uh, uh, Zapata Oil, the, you know, I could go on, on and on and on. This is about now the digital world. This is about commanding the digital world. It's not the new world order anymore. It's the new digital world order. And they thought they had it all sewed up with the United Nations until Trump came along and defunded 50% of the United Nations already and is basically going to defund all of it. So what we're talking about is there is a one world order. It's called the Internet. And unfortunately, it got weaponized when they stole the ability to make it uh, social networking scalable through stealing leader technologies, patents, um, invention. Invention. They stole, they stole our technology way before it was a patent. And that's what I, I'd like to clear up that confusion because a lot of people hear patents and they think, well, that was way out in 2006 if they look up the record. But the fact is this theft occurred starting in 2000, way while we were still early in our engineering days. So the, the trade secrets were stolen and weaponized well before we ever were issued a patent. And they now, were why there. we were issued a patent, I don't know, because they control the patent office, but that's the way it is. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Uh, David Kapos? David J. Kapos. He was there to make sure that what they stole from Leader Technologies uh, didn't get patented. As a matter of fact, I, I, you, I the story is so complicated, but in the no, end... We did get patents, and I have a patent with his signature on it, and that is the patent that we sued Facebook on. But that was way out in 2008. What we didn't know then was they had already stolen that invention well back in the in the trade secrets days when our engineering ink wasn't even dry on our drawing. So they probably had them tapped and their devices tapped and their houses tapped and everything that they needed to be following you. You people don't get it. Wake it up. I'm telling you. Yeah, that's right. And so they need to stop giving it to the corrupt people like Hillary Clinton, who through Jerry C. Jones and other cardboard cutout dummies, they started in Canada as a monopoly in Canada, mind you, we own the internet, we own all the substructure, but somehow the tax on the internet started, what is it called, Nor uh, Nor Norcol, Nortel? Nortel. Nortel. Nortel in Canada. Which is basically the Canadian telecommunications system. Owned the tax on the internet, folks, and then it moved into America, became a company called can Intrust. I, can I correct you there just a little bit, Douglas? Yes. Uh, that's where the mechanism got started, but it wasn't until... Uh, Nortel sold out. Actually, quote, they went, quote, bankrupt. No, how a Canadian, how a public utility like that can go bankrupt is a, is a magical thing. But anyway, mass surveillance, what they had to do was give this system an ability to cut through any kind of security and privacy settings on anything, on your computers, on your phones, on your devices, on your smart meters, everything. They had to be able to cut through that right to the unit so they could pick up the uh, information about how that unit was being used so they could tax it. So this magical effort was, we call it tax and surveil. That's what we've come to call it. And so when you think about that from a historical perspective with any uh, uh, totalitarian system, what are their two objectives? One is to milk and tax their people 
to to fund the elite of that particular system, and then another thing is to control the people that you're taxing, so that you can stay ahead of them and maintain power. And that's what we're seeing here in the internet world. We're seeing the age-old seven deadly sins now being being foisted upon us through quote the internet of things. And what's now also clear to me and our people just wrote an article that was posted several days ago. And what I now see is that the gift I brought to them by the end of 1999, 2000 timeframe was we had figured out how to overcome what's called the data silo problem. Are you familiar with that term? Only through you. Right. The, tax, the tax is the key to uh, their retirement because with that, it's just silently charged and chunks away and it's collected and then distributed to their cronies. That's what's going on here. And then they use then all that data in addition to be able to suppress the people that they're exploiting and make sure they never and use this system, including for uh, uh media control to make sure that the the masses that the the deplorables that they're tracking never figure out their scheme oh this is just good capitalistic corporate imperialism and, yep. and hillary is just so probably mad at Mueller, but she had to pay Mueller off for covering her rear for not looking into the russian collusion with her and podesta which is you know uh, mind-bogglingly uh thick so what we see here is that when Richard C. Walker, one of Hillary's stooges, or a stooge certainly for the IBM Eclipse Foundation, and... Right, from HP and Agilent. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see Jerry C. Jones, another one of her stooges. That He's from a 20-year-long relationship at Rose Law Firm where they stole all, uh, lots and lots and lots so of you're getting better. you're getting better, uh, Douglas. It's 19 years. <laughs> I like to add that last one. You've got off. 18 and now it's 20. I now know. It's 19. Kill the entire e-commerce infrastructure of this country by turning it off. Well, That's how close we are, and we cannot allow that. You can't allow a single body to have control of something so critical to our economic and social infrastructure. Absolutely. This is a national security issue. And to go back to what you were just saying, in China... The Uyghur people, they took a million of them to experiment on. They killed 750,000 of them in their experiment. And then they say that what it, the, they were doing was, it was a vocational training program. They call them re-education centers, but they now are calling it vocational training. And so in your vocational training in China, three-fourths of you may die. That was the first experiment. One million people Three-fourths of them died. The United, don't believe me, the United Nations is bringing charges against them as we speak, as well as any other uh, country that has any morality. And that was just one tiny experiment in their social credit system, what they call dragonfly. They are killing we have, people we have, as we have We have verified speak. with source documents everything you just said. Yes, and we, yeah, absolutely. If you follow Truth News headlines, most everything I preach, I only preach it if it's already been out there and verified. So what we're talking about here is an Internet of Things where you become the thing. And to control that, whoever controls that controls the digital global world. And they're only concerned about the digital 
global world, by the way, because that's where the money is moving right now. That's where they can play their games, and don't get me started on that. So what we're talking about here is a turf war. You got to see Michael Chertoff came in and got his huge piece of the pie. It looks like he somehow stole it from Jerry C. Jones or somebody. And then well, you I, think they, I think they cut him in on the action. I think this is typical mob turf war, and Michael knew too much, so they had to cut him in on the action. So he magically goes out from running Homeland Security and gets his contract to... Uh, to uh, manage keys with uh, actually purchased in trust, but they had already shifted most of their business to a company called DigiCert. So that's that's Hillary's core company right now. And if you look at uh, the federal common policy disclosure, both DigiCert and Entrust are are top tier uh, certificate authorities. So they're running the game. And so they only have a few people really in the game with them. And there, but there are a number of companies who become, um, I'm not sure whether you call them subsidiaries, but they, in America at first, they worked under Intrust. And then so there were the people who were granted this charter from the federal government. Instead of the federal government handling their own crypto keys, no, they give it to companies that are international, multinational. Private companies. Private globalist companies, okay? Right. And, and what happens here? We just have to stop that. That's all there is to it. It's just like, don't give your ICANN number assignment and, and uh, keeping control of ICANN to other countries when we're the ones who built the substructure. And we, if we don't really like what China's doing, cut them off. Hello. Until we have 5G being blasted from space. And I just Thank saw you. the very sad report yesterday that Elon Musk has been given now permission to do the rest of his 11,000... 5G satellites that he's launching into space. Why? Why is he being allowed to do this? Eleven thousand of what, them. It doesn't. Ha don't they have to get permission from somebody to do this? Who has the permission to do this? Very much senior executive service and the the aerospace company, which is a private company that's essentially running the Department of Defense right now. Precisely. Peopled with SES, S, former SES and current SES members. And those senior executive service members make sure that the money only goes in the current streams of the flow of cash, which means to, to Lockheed, to BAE, to Boeing. And when you look closely, you're going to find the queen owns the golden shares in Lockheed. You're going to find the queen owns the golden shares in BAE. You're going to find the queen owns many of these golden shares. And so in the old world, the queen showed Hillary how to own the mines like Rio Tinto and the uh, resources and substances, and then how to fight for the oil. And there's always a big fight for the oil. But then she showed how to get into the financial systems and the service systems. And that's the reason Serco has more contracts in America than anybody. And we can't even keep track of how many contracts. And why is it that we give all of our contracts or a, a great... I think at last count, our last count was something like 1,400 different Serco contracts with the federal government big contracts each and every one yeah. of them and so why is it we allow the brits to manage our sensitive data management our financial management why did we choose a canadian slash british company to do obamacare and why did we get gouged into setting up a website with that british company to set up obamacare and then the servicing of obamacare is all through circo why? 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 Because it's the same old system that was used in Britain 
and has been used for a long time. It's called corporate imperialism and has come to America through the SES. And then the SES gives the contracts out and the people who are the, actually the bosses of these agencies that may be presidential appointees don't even know what's going on because they're not so I have told. a question for you, Douglas, on the SES. With all the facts and evidence proving what we're saying, uh, why isn't there more discussion in the public about the corruption that's being pushed through the SES? Well, when Betsy put out the SES Awareness Month, and with yourself as a spokesperson and all your researchers and our researchers in the Conclave and her team, and we pointed out exactly the who evidence SES... is overwhelming. There's no way that if you're an honest person, you can say that this isn't the core of what's called the deep state. You can look it up in friggin' Wikipedia, for God's sake. Hallelujah. And I want everyone to do that, please. I, I don't mean that sarcastically. They have crypto keys, so the fact that they control the stock market, uh, so what? The crypto keys are controlled by Hillary and her gang, Mueller, Sullivan, uh, uh, Chertoff, Jones, and the rest of the group, which we can't, don't, can't even name because some of these small little companies that own the rights to hand out these uh, private and public uh, infrastructure crypto keys, we don't even know who they are. But I would assume that they are the same people who are ripping off America in all the rest of the normal ways. So you can guarantee that Rod Rosenstein, Andrew McCabe, that... It's the same old names, but while the same I'd, funky people. I could see how our system could do it, so I described how it could happen. I didn't just get into the tech, technical details, but in general, how it could happen. That is the only conversation I've ever had with anyone that I can recall regarding taxing the internet because it wasn't something we were focused on but he said the, as a policy group chicago and illinois were trying to figure out how to tax the internet well that uh, has come rushing back now into my memory and now i realize that that was exactly the same time when they were shifting according to the latest documents on the pki federal website they already they charge us for internet. Now they want to tax it? The end of 1999 as the time when they shifted how they were going to do the PKI keys. And then by 2004, they had it fully implemented. Well, that's magical because two, February 2004 is when IBM sponsored EclipseCon 2004 and when Facebook uh, went live. So... It's obvious they, they were waiting for us to get done so that they could implement this new way of handling the crypto keys because our platform, our social platform, gave them a single point of entry for the entire web, which they did not have prior to that because every company had their own data silo. And we had solved that problem, but in order to do that, they had to ignore our designs relative to security and privacy, where we actually had embedded uh, cryptography within the databases. So you could protect your own data, even though you were using a community environment. But they took all that out because then they wouldn't be able to uh, tap into all that data. So that was why they had to steal our technology because they knew that we were going to have a secure system and they didn't want to compete with it. And so they had to kill us. Is that what it's you call the obvious private and public key? The distinction that you make between the private 
keys that you have, right. crypto keys right. and the public crypto keys. And so your private crypto keys would have kept people private. Well, we, it would have been more than one private key. In other words, you could you could uh, encrypt anything you wanted within your workspace, not just one, but any any number of them. So you had control of your data. You can encrypt it any way you wanted. But if that had been implemented, these guys could not have one key to uh, tap into a person's individual accounts because they would also be encrypted. So the, their idea of a global uh, network where they could tap into anywhere on the planet while sitting in their pajamas eating Cheerios would not work. That's what they wanted. And so they had to make sure that we died and we're not a com competition to this way of doing it, to their way of doing it. Leader Technologies and your shareholders. But he could tell that little group, the Federal Common Policy Certification Authority Committee, to simply give the charter to Leader Technologies. Could you, Michael McKibben, and your group handle that? Could you switch over all of the crypto keys and you handle what has become basically a turf war of people who are ripping off everyone with attacks on the internet? Could your company, Leader Technologies, do that? He didn't think about that. It is engineering, so I got to believe it's possible. Uh, but uh, I need to know a lot more to know the best way to attack it. Because I think some of the Honesty. things that they've done are so corrupt they have to be recast. And others probably can be used. So I think it's a little early to decide how best to do it. But in theory, yeah. In theory, yes. But... Uh, I don't know how big this breadbasket is yet. I see. Now, is your... You had the ability to do this encryption to begin with. They stole that. So, in fact, this is another patent infringement upon you, or at least uh, trade secret infringement. Well, no, not encryption has been around forever. So, the, the idea of doing encryption is not ours, no. No, but, but I mean... Uh, using, random... our, using encryption in, within our social media network, our design... That part was patented, yes. Plus, you used random number generators, which aren't rigged. So well, that's, that would be the, the the way to do it. Okay. So, but uh, even if it is rigged, if if you start encrypting various things within your particular data silo or workspace, and you do that over and over and over again, the the law of of uh, uh, I forget what, what mathematical law that is, but basically the more complications you introduce into their ability to tap through it all eventually they're not going to be able to do much of anything because mm -hmm. it's going to be too complex okay so here's the idea the encryption keys that are being used now they must have to turn in something to the uh, committee that gives them the charter so whatever they turn in and whatever the patents are and whatever their ip is concerning them we need to subsume we need to take it because we were never really told that we were being taxed. We were never really told the truth about this ripoff, and we were never certainly told the truth about the surveillance. So my point is, I believe there's two ways that Trump can actually move the entire Silicon Valley, um, basically a, a coup d'etat. He needs to do a coup d'etat on the Silicon Valley. Do it quick. And he needs to have experts like yourself and your company come in and take over 
clean up, go back, and as you say, use some and get rid of some, and basically restructure it so that it goes back to the way that it was originally designed with later technologies, which was free and secure. And I believe that he can simply do that by rechartering the crypto keys, the certificate, the public key, uh, key infrastructure. In principle, that's what has to happen. What, what it, it appears right now is that those chief information officers in the various agencies appear to be all SES insiders, the, the stay-behind network. And so as a group, they probably are clueless what is actually going on at the engineering level. That would be my guess. And so what's got to happen is we've, we've got to look into this uh, Pandora's box and figure out what's going on and how they're doing it. And we, we can clearly see who they're doing it with because they describe it. The other thing about their documents is they're all very cleverly cast so that if they ever get, if they ever get the light of accountability shined on them, they can say, well, see, we disclosed it here, or see, we disclosed it here. But it's very cleverly worded, so you would have to really uh, think like a bad guy to really figure out how they just covered their rear end, uh, if that makes sense. It's, it's all very convoluted wording, but it, 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 they've gotten really good at being slick about it over the years and it's all lawyer it's just all lawyer talk well it's chandler i'm going to write a law that says that i don't have to obey the law i'm going to right. write a law that says everyone has to tell the truth except me i get to well, lie that sounds like a joke it's not a joke it's called the it's called the false statements accountability act of 1996 passed on october 11th of 1996. exactly slipped in no one unanimous thing, one thing i know for sure if there's a flow of money Legal, illegal, it doesn't matter. The Clintons are going to put a toll booth in, and they're going to get a tax. And then they're going to take 98% of it for their little family, little nuclear family of three, Bill, Hillary, and Chelsea. And the rest of the people get the 2%. And this is a fact. Just look into it, folks. So when we found out that Hillary, through her friend, uh, Jerry C. Jones, and other machinations probably has a tax on this, then we knew that it was very, very, very real. So this yeah. is another Clinton corruption. It's the corruptocrats in D.C. doing their standard operating procedure. Down. Wherever there's a flow of money, the big dogs get to go and they get to collect the tax. And then they have their cyber thugs and their uh, supposed law enforcement thugs who are really uh, law unenforcement thugs, which would be Mueller, Comey. McCabe, the whole gang. It's the same old people. And so what we need to do is stop that group of, we now, I've now moved it up to 48 people. I used to say three dozen. I'm now, I've, I'm far, sorry, I have to add another 12. And that doesn't count the Privy Council. Okay. I'm only talking about Americans who need to be put in jail for treason and sedition. And there's about 48 of them. And they, their crimes are so thick that you could take any one of their many, 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 if not tens of thousands of crimes and just prosecute one and they go to jail for the rest of their old lives. Yeah, if you actually if you actually count the number of ethical violations that any of these people that we have um, been able to investigate uh, you're going to you're you're talking about the worst ethical crimes you could possibly commit and get away with. So if you actually paid attention to the constitution here you're right all these people would be in jail. Well, maybe worse. 
I, I, I'm so sad that they're not, and I do believe we're headed towards the time when certainly the light of day is disinfecting a lot of their grotesque evil as they lie in the swampy shores. <laughs> this is kind of like, this is kind of just like throwing darts. And you hope it hits the target. It might, it might not. It might not hit anything. It might hit the floor. We don't know. We just hope it goes there. We just send our thoughts and we send our prayers. No, I'm not kidding. I I'm just kidding. We got to start talking about what the people can do. Can can we write letters? Can we boycott things? You know, are, are is everybody just down to let this take its course? Because it's written in the Bible and whoever's wicked... Is gonna get theirs. I mean, I, it's very sad. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen. This is maybe just a test of our faith, and uh, it's the greatest show on earth right now. It's the greatest show on earth. The Kyla Powers <laughs> anchor radio show. Stay blessed, people. Not so private podcast. Kyla Powers Radio, keeping up with X22 report. Let's see what the truthers are saying. We look at this, we have to think to ourselves what has the White House just done? They have stopped the reporters from grandstanding during the press conference and they now put rules in place where they can only ask one question and then they have to abide by these rules or they're removed and this is very interesting now i want to go back to post 2467 and this was november 10th and this has to do with the california wildfires trump put out a tweet there's a reason for these massive deadly and costly fires fires in california except that forest management is so poor Billions of dollars are given each year with so many lives lost, all because of gross mismanagement of the forest. Remedy now or no more Fed payments. Now, I just got to say this to the truth or community that we have several trusted channels. We're going to keep watching them, but they're rocking the red, black and white. And so we know that they're controlled. They, they are controlled opposition. That would be McAllister just informed and i have seen the checkerboard on x22 so as we look at this just know that this is the information that the cabal is okay with us knowing and wake it up and don't think that the reason that we can see these channels and hear what they have to say is because democracy is in order when you see the red black and white you know you know what the story is Q listed, you know, how many fires were in California in the past 12 months, amount of fires in California in the past 10 years. But what's very interesting about this is the mainstream media was out there and they were making fun of Trump for saying this. Well, it looks like Trump is right again because California Governor Jerry Brown admits Trump is right. Jerry Brown eased California logging rules back in August. Now, he's the departing governor, 
and he concedes that Trump is absolutely correct in the California mismanagement of the forestry. And basically, he was pushing different laws in California in August. Oh, God. Governor Jeffrey Brown is proposing broad new changes to California's logging rules that would allow landowners to cut larger trees and build temporary roads without obtaining a permit as a way to thin more forests across the state. The proposal, which has the support of timber industry, but is being opposed by more than a dozen environmental groups, would represent one of the largest changes of the state's timber harvesting rules in the past 45 years. The legislative session ends for the year next Friday on Thursday. The details were still being negotiated by legislative leaders and the governor's office behind the scenes had not yet been formally introduced in a bill or put up for a vote. They are trying to get to some kind of deal, said Rich Gordon, the president of the California Forestry Association, a timber industry group. They are looking at what can get done politically. Under Brown's proposal, private landowners will be able to cut trees up to 36 inches in diameter, up from the current 26 inches. Fins plan to subpoena former FBI Director James Comey and former Attorney General Loretta Lynch. Now, House Judiciary Committee Chairman Bob Goodlock notified colleagues last week that he will subpoena Comey for a closed-door deposition November 29th and Lynch for December 5th as part of the investigation into the FBI and the Department of Justice handling of the Hillary Clinton email probe and the Russian investigation. Now, Comey responded to the news on Friday by calling for a public hearing, writing in a tweet, House Republicans can ask me anything they want, but I want the American people to watch. So let's have a public hearing. Truth is best served by transparency. Yeah, or distractions are also best served publicly. Keep us watching that so we don't know what the heck is underneath the cup that's moving. Wake it up, y'all. This is more distraction garbage. <sighs> so they're still refusing to give Congress, even in a classified setting, this information. Now remember... Rosenstein was in control before. He was controlling Mueller. Now we have an acting attorney general, which is Whitaker. Think about this for a second. They are so afraid of a temporary attorney general. Why? Well, we know the reasons why. Let's move on to post 2455. You put this up, and Anon actually posted an article from Reuters. It says, Top Senate Democrat Schumer, Whitaker should recuse himself from Russia probe. This is so ridiculous. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cover, um, you know, so what you, is the when advantage? You see, when you see most regular truthers covering information, they'll usually cite, uh, either the Q drops or, um, some will use footage from television or whatever. So I am actually editorializing truther news. Um, and that's what I do that's different from what they're doing. I'm giving you the overview of what the truthers are saying about the Q drops. Um, and I see a lot of uh, 
you know, as a writer, I just see a lot of smoke and mirrors and, oh, we got to follow this one. We got to follow that and think, why is this and why is that? And that could just go on just forever. I don't see anything happening either way. They can keep talking with the intrigue. I don't see it, but I'm here checking back. I'm here checking back because I understand that even though everything is a farce, that the wheels have to turn, you know? So I'm, I'm following that and I'm looking at the narrative. I'm looking, now I'm really more than ever looking super, super hard at the truth or narrative. President Donald Trump's daughter and White House advisor Ivanka Trump briefly used her personal email account for communication with several administration agencies and officials. Trump's daughter... It's a non-starter. She, she wasn't the attorney general, so it doesn't even matter. ...to doubt her assertion that they it's had just been... more crap. Now, this ruling will obviously be appealed by the Department of Justice. The assessment process, called Refugee Status Determination, begins a government official or UNHCR... People, I'm going to save you hours <laughs> of watching this stuff. And if I save you time on it, that means you'll actually be able to think. Officer because this is all to waste your time. This. Now, Saudi Arabia, the foreign minister said on Tuesday that all these claims, including the CIA report, that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman gave the order to kill journalist Jamal Khashoggi were false. We in the kingdom know that such allegations about the who cares? I mean, that sounds horrible, but really, I'm about to go to the next video. Is very telling. I understand there are members of Congress who, for political or other reasons, would like to go in a different direction, and they are free to do so. I will consider whatever ideas are presented to me, but only if they are consistent with the absolute security and safety of America. After the United States, Saudi Arabia is the largest oil-producing nation in the world. They have worked closely with us and have been very, very responsive to my request to keep oil prices at a reasonable level. So important for the world. Think about what he just said here. Think about what everyone else is saying. Oh, he just wants the billion-dollar deal. Oh, he just wants, you know, to keep Saudi Arabia so they can keep making money. No, billions of dollars. That's meaningless. This is a multi-trillion dollar system. Do you really think he's interested in a billion dollar deal? Do you really think that this whole thing revolves around billions of dollars? No, this revolves around the entire global system. If Trump went ahead and did what the deep state wanted and sanctioned Saudi Arabia, cut them off, what would happen to oil prices? What would happen to the petrodollar system that they set up? And I say they, I'm talking about the central bank, the deep state. It would implode. So we went on to say, as president of the United States, I intend to ensure that in a very dangerous world, America is pursuing its national interest and vigorously condemning countries that wish, us, wish to do us harm. Very simply, it is called... Um okay, we're going to hear about Saudi Arabia from a couple of people, I think. 
And here we go right in with yeah. Justin Form Talk. Uh, I just keep checking the chat to see what you guys are saying. And uh, everybody, Texas, Massachusetts, North Myrtle Beach, Upstate New York, Keystone Heights, San Diego, Britannia, Montana, Seattle. I mean, God, this is crazy. There's so many people here. Uh, you guys are really making this pretty cool. Okay, so uh, again, this is my uh, fireside chat. As you guys can tell, uh, we are going to actually uh, keep doing Get to it, Justin. People wanted to basically remove Mark Zuckerberg from his uh, position as chairman of uh, Facebook. So wanting to remove him, try to fire him, get him out. Uh, Q says here, DC moves slow. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I, I saw there. And then, of course, there's this one from September 2nd, where it talks about at least seven senior Facebook executives announcing their departure this year. Nothing to see here, DARPA. And a lot of people talked about how Facebook was basically LifeLog, um, which was a, a project started by DARPA in, in order to basically consolidate all information about everything you do and then use it, uh, store it in metadata, and then use it for all types of different uh, nefarious... We're going to go into that. I think James Munder is covering conspiracy that. Conspiracy, basically. And a real one, too, it would seem. If all this pans out, then it very much makes sense why they're doing everything they can to keep this information from coming out. Um, why wouldn't they want this information to come out? Well, because it's embarrassing, one. Two, it's going to implicate certain individuals inside of our government who uh, probably, I mean, like Hugh said, I think there's just so many people involved, it would almost uh, halt our government and create a... a oh, someone wrote something interesting. Somebody called Justin James. You can have all the evidence against the Dems and no one will ever hear it because they control the media. It will be turned around that Trump is trying to take out his opponents. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Emergency, right? Um, I really think that's what it all comes down to. But at the same time, uh, this is telling us the full story, right? And it's telling us to look at the fact that President Obama refused to be made aware of this action. And even if he was aware that he took no action, right? He, he knew and he took no action. And then he refused certain daily briefings to avoid being informed. Okay, and anyway. that to me is pretty I am and interested guys in actionable evidence actionable evidence meaning whatever they're gonna say that leads to action I'm not interested in speculation that leads absolutely nowhere I do not get tripped up in uh, rabbit holes I can go right to what is relevant and then even inside the gold to silver community, silver is so much more undervalued than gold. This is the economy. Despite having tremendous amount of industrial... It's totally obvious that they're playing games with the uh, value of silver and gold. They are uh, holding back on it because that that's going to be the real... It's possible that that might be the real currency. And that's what people are doing. And I was around, I was a broker in the 1987 I can skip all this and just tell you a lot of different things. Uh, number one, cashless is really, really scary because let me just say, if you have a third party that wants to just interfere with your credit cards and everything is just about the chip, we really need to start asking questions about laws that actually... Um, prevent people that are just elite from just doing whatever it is that they want because that's what it, that's where it seems that it's going seriously 
Oh, God. Okay, I'm ripping through this news, guys. Ripping through it. Here we go with SGT report. This is Humans really are being steered through this historical cycle of time, which is really unbreakable. Um, well, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if it takes away our, our agency, but um, I, I see this idea as um, just kind of recognizing a particular organizing principle that seems to affect uh, a lot of human history. Um, you know, you look at the way that a year progresses in the four seasons of the year, and um, that's something that we can count on happening over and over again uh, with great regularity. Um, I don't necessarily see this as being a sort of religious prophecy, but more just a recognition of natural cycles that have occurred throughout U.S. history. And um, as the authors of this book note, um, it's something that has happened all, all throughout at least contemporary modern history. Um, you know, they trace a lot of uh, similar historic patterns throughout European history, but it's a claim of the authors that we can experience um, a really a really untainted unfolding of this particular cycle in the U.S. A lot of European history was, um, you know, affected by sort of neighboring uh, superpower states, which can affect the length of these particular cycles. But they claim that in the U.S., you know, because we don't have that... Uh, particular issue of uh, neighboring powerful states that um, that we can witness this cycle playing out with it with a greater regularity well you know one thing is for certain we know this uh, and I think it was a Churchill that said uh, those that don't remember history are condemned to, to repeat, repeat it. it it does feel as though uh, in, in my position on this it maybe makes for an interesting conversation you tell me if you think I'm just a tinfoil uh, hat wearing nut my position is that there are powers, City of London powers, Vatican powers, call them New World Order, Illuminati powers, families that have been in power for generations, maybe a millennia, that steer human history. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's quite possible there's a whole hidden human history that we don't even know about. Maybe there's been rises and falls of civilizations like the one we're currently living in uh, that aren't told in the history books. Um, so I think that the 80-year cycle you describe is potentially very real but I wonder how much of it is being steered by powers behind the scenes. Well, you know, that's a really good question. And, um, you know, if you look at um, things like the Great Depression, there were certainly, uh, you know, a lot of things behind the scenes that happened that, that uh, you know, that, that precipitated this. And, um, you know, the, the period of the Great Depression up until World War II is kind of what the authors identify as, uh, as our nation's last crisis period. You know, but I, but I think that there, uh, there's definitely a lot of truth to what you're saying. I think that a lot of these global superpowers can sort of harness the zeitgeist and, you know, steer things in a particular direction, um, you know. And, um, you know, I think that probably we're witnessing quite a bit of that right now, um, you know. These people can just talk in circles for the longest time. What does it mean? What, what the is reach of this government in these unconstitutional wars of aggression seems to only become more imperialistic, more American treasure and bloodshed for, I don't know, at this point, I'd say the wars for Israel, again, powers behind the scenes manipulating world events. But uh, I think uh, the authors thought the period would be from 2005 to around 2025, this crisis, this fourth stage. I think it started in 2001, Michael. I think that there's a good possibility of that, and I've, and I've certainly considered that. Um, you know, this book having been written in 1997, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a few short years away from those attacks. 
so yeah, uh, you know, it, uh, the September 11th attacks absolutely um, changed the course of global geopolitical history. Um, and uh, they certainly took them in, in a direction where a lot of these, um, uh, you know, a lot of these plans could have been put into action. You know, you look. So at they're calling crisis in the for in the fourth turning, a destabilizing event usually involving warfare leads to the destruction and reconstruction of institutions of power. In the face of destruction, Americans are forced to unite and forge a, a vision to restructure a disrupted society. This fourth stage can be seen as the inverse of the awakening stage, and the authors cite World War II as the defining event of the most recent period of crisis. Okay. All right. All right, so they're talking about, they're letting people know that the way things are going, this nation is scheduled for some serious... Uh, functions. There's not one individual neuron that's going to have all of the information about how the brain functions or all of the information about a particular entity. It's an entire network of, of neurons that are active in the retrieval of, let's say, just a single, a, a single memory. And um, I think that as far as your question goes about who exactly this occupying entity is, um, I think that there's a lot of groups involved and a lot of different components to it. Um, that are not necessarily aware of this sort of overarching globalist, uh, postmodern, uh, cultural Marxist agenda, uh, but they're certainly playing an active role. And when those groups are sort of united or when those groups are acting in cohesion, the true nature of that occupying entity is, is revealed. You know, I actually agree with you about that. I don't think it's so easy, and I see this a lot in the comments. Uh, I see people throw out one group, you know, it's mm -hmm. this group, it's that group, it's the Vatican. It's mm -hmm. the Jews. It's not that easy. And I'm going to cite an article that will help people understand. The article is this from theconversation.com. Who owns the world? Tracing half the corporate giants' shares to 30 owners. The article reads, when people say share ownership is highly diversified, they think most large public corporations have lots of shareholders. And often the largest shareholder has less than 15%, sometimes less than 5% of the total shareholdings. The article goes on to say, though, when one organization alone controls more than 6% of shares in very large global corporations and 30 control more than half of all shares in these corporations, that signifies very high concentration. And it goes on to say that that is the case. Uh, I think that the uh, oligarchy, the money powers, the central banking powers, these families that have been around for generations that hand money down, these dynasties that have been built that hold far more wealth, Michael, than Bill Gates in one generation could possibly accrue. Uh, Warren Buffett has one generational wealth. The people that control this planet that are guiding human history have multi-generational wealth and knowledge that have been handed down for a millennia. I think that's the beast. That's the entity that is occupying America. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it is a multi-tentacled beast. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like the mythical, uh, you know, um, it's like, uh, you know, the structure of a hydra, um, you know, the multi-headed hydra. Uh, there's not, there's not one, there, there's not one uh, central locus of power um, when, you know, when we're talking about this. It's like playing whack-a-mole where, you know, if we can, if we can strike one part of it, it's just going to pop up in, you know, two, two different places. And so I think similarly, the resistance to it has to take on a similar structure. 
you know, a lot of uh, a lot of the resistance to globalism and this postmodernist cultural Marxist um, occupying force has sort of um, you know erupted around around Donald Trump. And um, while while he is certainly an important figure in the movement, I think that everybody realizes that we cannot place. Uh, you know, all of our all of our chips on Donald Trump. That if something happens to him, if he's taken out, if he disappoints us, the entire movement falls apart. We it's certainly true. can't have that. Um, so yeah, so 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 resistance to this entity needs to be structured in the same way that the entity is, with that one central locus of power. Yeah. No, I agree. And uh, well, we need to turn the power back to the people, the constitutional mm -hmm. principles, uh, the Bill of Rights, the principles provided for liberty in the Constitution is what needs to be re-embraced. I don't know that we're going to get any help from that from the libtards. And I'm sorry, guys, if you don't like that term, but that's I'm, at this point, that's what they are. I think Hillary Clinton is a godless witch. <laughs> and uh, we're not going to get any Can help from these people the as they seem hell-bent on stampeding over our rights to get their own agendas pushed through. And it's a real problem. And I guess I would just flush out the rest of the conversation with making this point. If Hillary and many on the left are truly godless, and now I'm seeing fingers being pointed at people like Pence and Bannon and Trump, and you know, he, apparently there's all these evangelicals I keep hearing, lining the cabinet with evangelicals, or maybe mostly neocons. But let's say there's this e evangelical entity, this, uh, this evangelical characteristic that's been brought. That to me says godliness that to me says people that at least have spiritual faith or believe in a higher power good or bad that's what they are to me michael at this point in human history if we're being asked to choose between the godless left like hillary <clears throat> clinton and her minions or people that are that have spiritual faith and a higher power it would seem to me that that's the better choice I want your thoughts on that, because as it relates to the Founding Fathers and the Constitution, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's very specific that it says our rights are given to us by our Creator. Our, they're endowed. We are endowed with inalienable rights by our Creator, which means that no man, no Hillary Clinton, Bill Clinton, no George Soros, no Rothschild, can take our rights away from us. They are inalienable. They are God-given. That's a very, very important document. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, you know, the whole concept of natural law and natural rights is uh, certainly derived from the New Testament view on humanity. And um, it's derived from the idea uh, that every individual is afforded certain rights due to the existence of the little spark of divinity that exists within each of us. And um, I think that right now what we're witnessing is an attempt to trample and to de-emphasize the rights of the individual and to focus on the collective. And um, you know, certainly Western history is predicated on the principles of Christianity and has been refined throughout the last 2,000 plus years. And um, unfortunately, uh, Hillary Clinton and George Soros and their ilk um, are looking to overturn that and replace it with something. Um, I just realized that their logo is also red and white and black. What are they trying to tell you, people? Marxism, <laughs> a couple hundred years old. Uh, every single know. time it's been implemented, it's resulted in a complete it. disaster. Has enriched the minority while impoverishing the mass of people affected by it. And if you look at what's going on in Venezuela right now, I think that's the best example for those that are not not old enough to recognize the horrors of, of the Soviet Union. Um, so, um, so yeah, so yeah, that's our choice right now. Well, I think you're spot on, and Venezuela is a very sobering example of where we could end up should we hit hyperinflation. 
And uh, we won't get into precious metals and the need to maybe have some of those to shore up your reserves in case of a calamity and an economic collapse. But uh, the people in Venezuela that have any precious metals at this point, physical form, are surviving. Because uh, right now there's lots of people and children literally starving in Venezuela because of the nightmare they're going through. And I, I think that was also a banker-propagated nightmare. It's been caused on purpose. It doesn't have to be that, that way. They have plenty of resources there. Again, that's a nation being victimized by... We could say Western banking powers. I would prefer to say City of London banking powers, Wall Street banking powers. But I just want to circle back and say that uh, I do believe that spirituality and the concept of Christianity in general, the concept of believing in God and a higher power is under attack by these globalist New World Order powers. Uh, heavy attack. And again, when people don't believe in something, they're able to fall for anything. They're likely to fall for anything. And that's exactly what people like George Soros want. I just want to share this with you from Natural News. Before he shares that, he mentioned Venezuela. And uh, somebody else brought up something uh, in the comment section, which I thought is hitting it right on the head. Let's see if I can find it. Uh, yes, Venezuela is a test. Uh for the rest of the world. They're trying it in Venezuela first and they're seeing if if anybody's gonna notice, you know? But not only that, this person writes, I can't, I can't pronounce their name, but whatever. Venezuela was not brought down by bankers. It was brought down by socialism. As Margaret Thatcher said, socialism is a wonderful idea until you run out of other people's money. The other people's money in question was the rest of the world's and Chavez ran out of it when the combination of a lack of maintenance and infrastructure expansion met a drop in oil price. Now the whole country gets to deal with the consequences. Now what's interesting is that they're popping up these videos from a year ago. I guess the message is still stands. Science so. propaganda. New study claims that people who believe in religion up. are, quote, brain damaged. I'm not making that up. Uh, it just seems to me that the attack on spirituality is on, which leads me to believe that this whole prediction, this biblical prediction, really, of a satanic end-time scenario is actually where they want to steer us. Because what is the absence of God? An absence of God on this planet and in our society, I think, leaves a vacuum to be filled by a satanic ideal, ideal or a vision or a satanic vision for humanity. I don't know if you want to go there. That's just my opinion. And I think maybe we should talk about it since this fourth turning does apparently spell destruction. Uh, you know, um, I think that, that kind of uh, relates to a concept that I've been thinking about quite a bit lately, where if you look at what's going on culturally, uh, it does seem like there is an agenda to sort of, um, you know, to sort of impose chaos when it comes to people's moral values and categories of gender and just just all of these things where you know our history is being erased the idea of male versus female uh is being completely blurred um you know a lot of the uh popular scientific thinking has been hijacked by ideologues like bill nye and neil degrassi tyson oh i love that and, you mentioned bill nye oh my god have you oh, seen yeah. that ridiculous have you my seen that sex junk power bottom 
top off. Versatile love may have some butt stuff. Oh, my <laughs> God. I, honestly, man, that is the single best example of what we're up against. I mean, right, yeah, that yeah. looked like a uh, that looked like a Saturday Night Live skit, but it was not. And for him That's to great. get in there at the end of that and say, Exactly the right message, Rachel. Nice job. Whoa, Rachel, That was exactly the right message. I mean, it's truly, truly insanity. That is how far down the rabbit hole we're going. I think you and I are on the same page here. The rabbit hole is where they want to go. Your rabbit hole. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, so so I guess when you're talking about the removal of Christianity and really any sort of um, uh, moral guideposts that we have, um, I think that uh, from the perspective of the, of, of the globalists, that's absolutely necessary. All of these categories need to be removed. People need to be re-educated. We are, we are in, in, in the midst of a gigantic re-education campaign, and they have the most sophisticated tools that the world has ever seen. And, um, you know, that's, that's why we need to stand up and, um, you know, we need to, we need to strike back metaphorically, uh, uh. with, with, with whatever tools are at our disposal. Like what? I want to ask you this here because, you know, that's the question. Comey was fired and should have been fired because I think I won't talk about these firings uh, and hirings. If truth were ever known. Julian Assange is fake. Anybody that is awake, Julian Assange is a fake. His name is lying Jew ass angel. That's what his name is. It's in your face. I just can't even waste my time on him. Let's have a good laugh with Fullerton, which we know is uh, Kevin Costner in a mask. He's gonna explain. <laughs> He's gonna explain the fires in California. This is like pure entertainment. I mean, it's the end of the world, but at least we're entertained on our way there. Oh no. If my cat is making noise, I apologize. We're going in with you are free, just catching up. Also, there was a Russian interrogator involved in the killing of Khashoggi, um, and it went too far. It wasn't supposed to. He actually wasn't supposed to Khashoggi die. Khashoggi is a and fake figure, y'all. Just keep it going. Keep it going. Get active. Get active. Don't just watch videos. It's time to get out in the community and do what you can do. Uh, whether you hate fracking, you want to stop the fracking that's going on in really dangerous areas, like. You never frack near a volcano, duh. You never frack next to um, a, a, a fault line uh, induction zone. No frack brainer. This. Get involved. Frack uh, you. And then also get yourself uh, taking advantage of your constitutional rights by, um, you know, getting involved to uh, get yourself uh, a permit to own a, a firearm, as is your constitutional right under the Second Amendment. And, and get yourself a firearm and be, uh, you know, take advantage of your rights in this country so that you don't under, end up like other countries where um, they remove people's rights to have firearms and then you don't have a recourse uh, when you need to protect yourself. And also, folks, we have Trump saying, Adam Sch Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, when you need to protect yourself. And also, folks, we have Trump saying, Adam shit, okay? He literally said, little Adam shit. Now, Trump has said this before, where he's called Adam Schiff little 
with D's, little Adam Schiff, and little Adam Shit this time was with two T's, little Adam Shit. So two T's and little, and two T's and shit. So Adam Schiff is going to be the new uh, uh, chair of the House Intelligence Committee. It, you, it, it's so ridiculous that it's insanely disgusting. But we have had word in the last few days that Haiti um, ha is under duress, that there is U.S. Uh, has locked down the airport, the international airport in Port-au-Prince. Um, the mean, word is that this has to do with the whole uh, massive um, Clinton just, you know, fraud there, massive um, trafficking, the stealing of the resources, the stealing of the mining, the gold mining, um, everything that they're stealing out of Haiti, uh, the stealing, the, the, you know, the, everything that went down with the, with the port being completely uh, fraudulently um, happening. Oh, Bistard, there's a retired colonel, Bistard, Bistard who is under uh, actual indictment right now one of those people actually under indictment for uh, fraud in um, their trying to trade uh, illegally something to do with 84 million dollars around the creation of this port okay that is in Haiti where uh, where that port was going to be used to steal all of the gold and whatever they could mine out of the country uh, this was made where we had devastation, devastation after the earthquake in Haiti, and then they and then they just create with you know a massive, massive state-of-the-art port. And this was Hillary Clinton's brother Rodham, who got the rights to mine the gold. Okay, uh, but we've just had this intel come in in the last couple of days that Haiti, the, the that the airport has been closed. That Can people were. Can I just ask you? How somebody from a foreign country can just come into your country and get the right not only to mine but to keep gold from your country? If if Haiti is so poor, why don't they mine their own gold and sell it and then they'll have enough money to do everything that they want to do? How do foreign nations have the right to go into countries that aren't theirs and take out the stuff? I was hearing somebody say that UN trucks were going into foreign countries in Africa, I believe, and loading it with all the natural resources, gold, diamonds, everything. And they take it out on the UN vehicles and nobody ever knows that they've been raiding these people's countries for all these years talking about they're giving aid and these countries owe so much money when they've been stealing them blind. The UN is doing this. If you people don't wake it up, if you don't understand why Celine Dion's clothing line is UN, UN, she's trying to tell you something, but nobody sees that everything's a coincidence, right? The embassy have been told to shelter in place and that there is a huge roundup going on in response to a mass murder situation where tons of people that were um, trying to um, fight the illegitimate presidency um, of the of the puppet put in by Hillary Clinton um, were being killed and murdered. It was awful, awful. There's a great um, a great woman who put this up on her uh, her website called Corey'sDigs.com. I'll put up the links below, but Corey Lynn. Um, she put up a whole feed about everything happening in Haiti right now. 
And so I'm relating that to Adam Schiff through President Trump in his tweet, um, where yesterday he said he called him Little Adam Schitt, S-C-H-I-T-T, instead of Schiff. And the T-T um, in the little was very close. It, it, both of those TTs had a lot to do with what's going on because in the past we've had President Trump call him little Adam Schiff with D's, little L-I-D-D-L-E. And this is because that Adam Schiff has been very much connected with pedophiles both in California and in Haiti. And there is this group called um, Little Kids, little I think it's called littlekids.com. And it is this very bizarre um, organization that's about massage for children. Um, it's very bizarre. I'm going to put the links below. It's called Little Kids, L-I-D-D-L-E-K-I-D-S. And it has the symbol that is the heart within the heart that the FBI has identified as a pedophilia child lover symbol. Like, ugh. And... And Adam Schiff is related to this organization, Little Kids. And so Trump in the past has called him out in his tweets around this little Adam Schiff thing. And so now he's calling him Little TT, Adam Shit TT. And this is in response to Adam Schiff complaining about Matt Whitaker, the new AG, saying it's unconstitutional and making up these lies, saying you could listen to Schoolhouse Rock and know that it's not true that we can have an AG um, temporary like this, which is completely lies and baloney. Um, there was an executive order back in March where uh, President Trump clearly outlined that um, in the event of a, uh, uh, of a attorney general being removed, that there would be a temporary attorney general put in place um, until another one could be elected. Uh, anyway, I'll try to link that below as well. It's a lot going on, folks, but I believe the T's, uh, what we've seen with the Anons, what they're saying is that the T's have to do with TikTok and uh, possibly other things, but I think they really are saying the exact same time that they are taking over Haiti, which has everything to do with Adam Schiff, connected to the Clinton Foundation, connected to the child trafficking uh, situation coming out of Haiti, very much to do with Dominican Republic, the trafficking of kids from Haiti through the Dominican Republic, um, and then using that as their way to get the kids out from those ports. Uh, this is his him saying to Adam Schiff, hey, little Adam Schiff, it's happening, it's on. So you can say all you want that um, uh, Matt Whitaker isn't a valid AG, but guess what? You know, what Trump said is Mueller was never confirmed, but you're going to talk about Whitaker being confirmed. And we know that Whitaker has been very, very vocal, saying um, the Clinton Foundation could not be more fraudulent. Uh, they have more dodgy donations from the most uh, crazy places than we could ever have. And that email server has to uh, be uh, looked at again. And, of course, Judicial Watch just got um, the uh, reopening of some Awan brothers um, uh, they're, they're going to be able to reopen some of the Irman Awan, especially to do with Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, in, in South, well, in North Florida. They're getting 
his a lot of stuff to do with the the Awan brothers' control of the forty Democrats. Okay, that were on the server. Adam Schiff is one of him. His emails are on that server that the Allen brothers controlled. His emails are part of what, when Hillary Clinton has been compelled to testify, that Judicial Watch pulled off, where she has to answer some questions to do with this server. It directly threatens Adam Schiff, who is now claiming this uh, ridiculous role as head of the uh, uh, of the uh, judicial com of the uh, intelligence committee. Okay. Whew, it's a lot. There's so much going on. Uh, there's even so much more I could get into right now, but I'm going to save it till tomorrow. Folks, we are free. Um, the threat here, I think, is um, disaster, uh, disaster warfare, uh, weather warfare, creating disaster in order to um, destabilize uh, the attempts to uh, save the republic. I think that that is what we're looking at. And please pray for the people. There's people in tents, okay? living in tents right now out in that Paradise, California area because they don't have anything else. They literally, they're everything torched in instance. Like it's amazing these people got out at all. And of course, we know that there's thousands that didn't. They can say it's 80 people, a thousand missing. Well, we know that number is going to hugely climb. Folks, in my mind, this is a second 9-11. Okay, it just is. This is a, this is a, a inside job uh, shadow government attack, whatever you want to call it. It's a bankster um, assassination. It is an assault on a whole population um, uh, in order to accomplish goals. A, because they want to get them done before they're caught out to deal with Agenda 21 um, uh, plans for that area. Uh, B, Rothschild, PG&E getting it done while they can, knowing they're on this bankster bailout um, thing that they've got going on with the disgusting Jerry Brown, and see uh, that uh, it's a payback. It's saying that you keep pushing with this new, um, uh, you keep pushing, you know, to shut these people down, and we're going to hit you hard, and it can be the tsunami, you know, it could be the um, it, it could be the, you know, the volcanic eruption. It could be the whole nine yards. It's not just that. It's, you know, it's nukes. It's, it's everything. We hear Eric Swalwell's off the cuff. They're getting super arrogant in what they're saying. It's, it's going beyond into this layer of arrogance that they're almost this, like you would picture some apocalyptic, crazy person like thinking that they have these godlike powers when you have Eric Swalwell saying um, you know we can just nuke the gun owners you know if they don't want to hand over their weapons okay this is literally what could have happened okay uh, probably not nukes but it could be scalar it definitely is uh, I have I have close to zero doubt that there is not um, some sort of directed energy weapons that are satellite-based used in this California fires. So I will stop there. They need your prayers. There's rain coming. Um, we all need to be in this together, and we need to... So there you have that. Uh, and I'm sure there's more. Hold on a second. Oh, well, maybe I got the best of it. That was it. That was it, people. That was You Are Free. I hope people wake up and realize nothing has been postponed. Oh, no. Kind of
believe what happened. Oh God. I'm gonna call this bit Adventures in the Genderless Bathroom. Like, could you meet somebody in a genderless bathroom? You've been looking on Tinder. You've been looking on JDate. You've been looking on ChristianSingles.com. You didn't find anybody. And then there's a guy in the next stall and he did what he did. And maybe it came off like an impressive percussion or something, whatever. Whatever it was, you're like, you know what? That actually, for the amount of sound effects that came with that, that didn't smell that bad. I could live with that. I could be a roommate to that. I could marry that. That should be, that should be it. What can you, if you don't spend time in the genderless bathroom together, how do you know if you belong together? What the heck is going on with Celine Dion? First she's on Deadpool. Now she's spraying black dust on babies. What the heck is she doing? She's bored. She lost too many times in Vegas. I don't know. We may thrust them forward lift, into the future. Lift the veil. Here's the commercial. Always be theirs to choose. Really? What if they want to keep their job? Are you going to let What it is, she should be arrested. You just saw Celine Dion symbolically change a nursery full of binary what boys hell? and girls into non-binary Masonic skull-wearing New World Order babies. Oh my God! Celine Dion and the new she lost her mind. gender-neutral clothing line for children, which she has endorsed. New, new, new world. I'm going to tell you all about it. I'm your host, Nathan Stoltman. Behind me is... They're going for your, the children. It'll last with me. Nothing to see. What and, uh, the you heck? Can unisex, yes. So he sells t-shirts. Called New 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 World. Sound familiar? Okay. And then there are all these images here. Black and white Oh, images. God. The one baby, they look like they got the kiss makeup on them. With children with the all-seeing eye. Don't stick your tongue out. Sometimes. And skulls. Now, I'm not, I, I know better than to look at Instagram photos and draw conclusions uh, and automatically say that Celine Dion is satanic. But, uh, but she is pushing like a particular agenda as far as it comes to these kids. And I'm going to show you uh, the subtle um, undertones of, of what she's saying in that promotional video and what she says uh, when she talks about in your new clothing. Let me... Um, let me just show you. I think this is alarming some people. I'll actually go to their website first. First of all, black and white. My what if you treat her like a dude? Is that what she was trying to tell us? Don't treat her. You better treat her like a lady. Don't treat her like a dude. And how do you treat somebody like a dude? I don't know. Don't you treat everybody with respect? I don't know. I'm Control. Um, dynamics here. Celine new, new, new. No, it looks like Celine UN, UN, UN. Oh, the UN, it's right in there. It's in your face. New Open your order. It doesn't get much more blatant than that. You don't the like. The kids are all up on each other. They're all, they're all riding each other's backs. 
Okay, people. Draw to jump to conclusion. But then you can see She's taking your kids down the rabbit hole. You better watch out. The Masonic black and white. And then of course these skulls. This is just the worst fashion. Here's a picture I that I seen. thought was uh, particularly to have an image uh, right here. Who designed and this? And you can crap? see the all seeing eye is on a lot of their stuff. You see these PJs here. This, is this picture clothing. bothered people a little bit. You can see the comments. The story about this is as much about the reaction to it because it has been somewhat swift. I don't know if people are talking about it much on YouTube, but uh, people on Twitter are talking about it and people on their Instagram page are talking about it. You can see what Broken Compasses says, I can't believe what I'm seeing. This is horrifying. Rochella Zachariah Zachari says, effing satanic people. Who's buying Because it? of that. It could just be a cult. If Let's... I see somebody in that, I'm reporting child abuse. Not Look all occult symbolism is bad. Eyes in and of themselves aren't bad, but we do have a combination of things, right? And they're all blue um, eyes. That's and these are... <laughs> she'd be arrested. She goes into a... Uh, nursery or first of all they show her being arrested so they're telling you that they know that it's that there's something wrong with the scenario that they're presenting what I played you to start it start this out just to show you what she did here I said she should be arrested she goes into a uh, nursery or maternity ward whatever you call it where all the babies are they're dressed in pink and blue and she here. We may thrust them forward into the future, but the chorus will always be theirs to choose. Got it? We may thrust them forward into the future, but the chorus will always be theirs to choose. As if you can change the gender you were born into. the baby and the new order skull cap hey you don't want to jump to conclusions but it's uh it's kind of kind of hard not to here's another picture somebody pulled off the instagram page go through some of them there's one i already showed you devil horns hey decide i think that's a boy this is a boy they say is in a cage you can see the skull and crossbones a la skull and bones secret society there you can see the skulls there. It is definitely weird, guys. Definitely weird. Definitely has a lot of people alarmed. This is one of the videos Celine Dion talking about. Celine Nunu Nunu brand. It's got uh, about twice as many thumbs down as thumbs up. People are, people say they're onto her. The, first, the top comment there, terrible decision you are part of eradicating the identity of male and female. And New World Order, are you kidding me? Uh, well, Silly Nununu is about people. It's about hearts. Uh, it's about humanity. And mostly it's about choice. You know, it's not just about clothes. Um, but don't get me wrong, because clothes are wonderful. 
It's about letting children find their own true essence, free from stereotypes. Um, we believe it's a very good mission. Wow. So, so we, do, we don't necessarily. It is about choice. I told a story today about how 17 kids were basically groomed, and mostly autistic kids were groomed to become transgender. And, and kids are being taught she everywhere her that head, I'm fall you out. have a choice when it comes to your gender. And this is part of that same agenda. Boy, I wonder, don't know why it's Celine Dion, don't know why she seems so creepy uh, in, this, in this promotional ad um, and in this brand that she's pushing. So that's the latest on the transgender front. Pretty scary out there. Thanks, everybody, for supporting the show. Thanks, everybody, for visiting truthclothing.io for that sale. You can see I've got the old-school Russian bot shirt on today. I've been on the air on Twitch all day. You can go to twitch.tv. He's on Twitch. Check him out. I haven't listened to him for a long time. You guys got to hear this. Listen to this song. This is, how, this is how I'm feeling about Celine right now with these clothes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'd like to run away from you. There's some people, children that probably want to run away from you. If I were to leave you, I this would is probably how these kids in Pedogate feel. Oh no. I'd like to break the chains you put oh, around me. Oh, so scary, Celine. What happened? And yet I'll never try. Got me thinking of Celine from the comic books. The one that sucks your soul. No matter what you do. This was a great song. That's Luciano Pavarotti. If you don't know opera, you gotta check him out. But then I know my life would be so empty as soon as you have gone. They don't do duets like this anymore. Because he's dead, but anyway. Impossible to live with you. Not with those clothes. take this too far I'm just it's just a song it's just part of my show Kyla Powers radio y'all it's like living with Dracula sleeping with Dracula I'm sleeping trying to get my sleep on snotting because I'm allergic to him I'm sleeping and something's biting me what the heck is that it's him scratching and biting what no, no. Wow, I just came in midway on um, one of the sisters of the natural hair care line, Miss Jessie, to biracial uh, black women that's entrepreneurs that started this business. And one passed away. And I really didn't know all of the uh, the details about it. But I'll tell you, just me even dealing with myself that... I know it sounds harsh, but you got to be enough for yourself where you can have a great spiritual and inner life, work life, family life where you are not, where your whole existence is not 
you know, dependent in any way on uh, the love of a man, the care of a man, whatever, any color man, you know, and I'm not saying this in relation to her, I'm just saying in general, have your own, do your own and be self-sufficient women. And we have to be, forget what I'm saying. I mean, everyone needs love, but you have to be because there is a movement in this country to move men to go in their own way, which is away from women. That is what this whole feminist push is. This feminist push push is not about you women, and you don't get that. That the, the women that they're talking about are trans women. They have rights. They should be respected. They should be featured. They are the only ones featured on magazines. They are the only ones being given promotion, promotions in society. Talked about how wonderful and how great they are. It's not women with vaginas. So you better wake it up. When you see the caravan, when you see these immigrants coming in that are mostly men, you think they're going to be raping these trans Women, men, I don't know. I really don't know. But I'm telling you women to wake it up. You're going to have to be self-sufficient because these men out here, we already see the stuff that's going on, California, everywhere. Nobody's doing anything. People are just like, oh, oh, wait, is it on fire? Oh, did people die? Oh, no. Guess we'll have to wait and see what Trump does. I mean, it's just like... People are non compass mentis. There's absolutely no leadership, no um, critical thinking, no independent, like, you know, well, if, if, if the government, if we have, if, if, if you're aware that there is a deep state and there's all this horrible stuff going on and you think you're just going to sit back and, you know, maybe, maybe Donald Trump will do something, you know, then you're just lost. You're lost. Women, you better be able to, I mean, me, I am dependent on the Lord right now, but I am an independent person. I work hard and I want to have my own business. I don't want to be slaving for anyone. I want to be self-sufficient, creating things that people need, inventing. That's what these two young ladies did with the entrepreneurship and all these programs that are out here for women that say they're for women, I'm going to tap that because I I bet there's not that many women really taking advantage of it. I am looking to do something and flex as a woman out here with everything that's going on. Anyway, so we're going to go into the story. This I've never heard this channel before. Her name is Paris Milan, and she's covering T.T. Uh, Branch is the sister past it's a devilish story i'll hope you're prepared program of hunter college high school at hunter college high school she became interested in boys started cutting so they kicked her out so she went back to her old high school and she graduated upon graduating high school she decided to go to the university of maryland to study consumer economics while at the university of maryland miko decided to take over the business full-time because TT said she no longer wanted to work for the business. She definitely wanted to study. While Mika was taking over the business, she decided to go to the Fashion Institute of Technology, 
while at the Fashion Institute. Mika was doing it, but more so because she still wasn't sure what her career path was. Her mother also was somewhat in the field of fashion because she really enjoyed the arts. She really enjoyed designing. And Miko was just still feeling like that wasn't necessarily her career path. So although she was at the Fashion Institute of Technology and she eventually graduated from there, upon her graduation, she actually went ahead and enrolled in cosmetology school because she realized that hair after all was her calling. As a child, she was pretty good at doing her own hair and doing others' hair. And it was one thing that she actually enjoyed doing and it didn't feel like a job to her. So meanwhile, while she successfully graduated from FIT, she also got her cosmetology license, she and TT decided that they needed a different change in scenery, that they were over queen. So they decided to collectively move to Brooklyn. So while in Brooklyn, Miko was searching for jobs in a salon and TT was working for WABC, but she too was feeling unfulfilled. So TT decided to quit her job at WABC and she started her own representing agency where she would represent artists, but more specifically photographers. While TT was representing these photographers and other artists, Miko was looking for jobs in salons and she actually snagged one at this place called Hairstyling by Joseph. So at Hairstyling by Joseph, they typically cater to upper scale celebrity clients and Miko was very ambitious. She wanted to upgrade into becoming a hairstylist and eventually she was able to successfully become a hairstylist at Joseph's. While Miko was working at Joseph's and TT was building up her repertoire to be this reputable representing agency she decided that it would be a good idea to pitch to Miko the idea of her representing Miko so that she could contract her out to work with other artists such as models singers actors etc so Miko obliged and they began to work with one another TT found that her most successful client was definitely her sister Miko they were able to stay booked and busy because they were working with celebrity clients like musicians, models, people who worked in the fashion industry. They were definitely able to work because people enjoyed the brains, which was E.T. who would book the gigs and definitely the talent of Miko styling them. So their most successful campaign was working with a retail plus size line named Ashley Stewart in which they made $8,000 off of that. Now Miko definitely wanted to open up her own salon after working with Joseph's and instead of them fooling around with the money, spending it on materialistic things that ultimately won't matter or help them to secure a future, they decided to invest that money into Miko opening up her own hair salon named Curve. Curve was located in the Borum Hill area on Bond Street and it was at a perfect location because it was in an area where there was a lot of traffic which allowed people to stop and see the different services that they offered at the salon. The location was very snug and while they were there TT decided to help renovate it just like the tools their father instilled in them and they were definitely having money coming in steadily for them and they became so successful that one day they received a letter in the mail from the IRS detailing that they owed $17,000. So of course, TT and Miko freaked out because they had no degree in business. So they didn't realize that they needed to set money aside for Uncle Sam. So this experience
experience motivated them to buy property because they realized that they could offset a lot of their taxes with property. So one day they went to the Brooklyn area and decided to purchase a brownstone. The brownstone was listed for $235,000 and they actually got it for $20,000 less for $215,000. So they snagged the brownstone and from that point on, they definitely paid the $17,000 in full and they were able to eventually write off any future taxes that they potentially owed. So while at Curve, business was going great. They paid off Uncle Sam. They had a piece of property. And at this point, TT was feeling expansive. She felt like the current salon was a little bit too cramped because it was just a simple two-chair salon and she wanted to expand to another location. So in the Brooklyn area, I guess a couple of blocks from what Miko was saying makes a significant difference. So TT saw an area that was two blocks up from Bond Street. It was still on Bond Street, but it was just a little bit further down. And this area was more spacious than the Curve Salon. It had way more seating available. It was for six chairs. And Miko was a little bit reluctant because there wasn't a lawyer present when they signed for it. But TT assured her that it was a great idea and that they would be making a good business move. So they decided to move and they realized soon enough that it was probably a bad deal because the area was seedy. It was located by a pawn shop and a homeless shelter. And of course, clients are not going to want to go into an area that looks like that because they would feel unsafe. So because of the area and the shop appearing more empty than it was with the same amount of clients that they had at Curve, but at this shop, because it was bigger, it looked more empty. They eventually went on to lose the shop and they had to move it into the second floor of their Bed-Stuy brownstone. Now around this time, Miko became pregnant and during that era, a lot of women would wear their hair straight. They would get the press and curl the roller set. They would get it pressed out. And Miko often would wear her hair straight too. So when her son was born, she found that when she would bathe him, he would splash the water and her hair would get wet. So she found it taxing to have to press out her hair only for it to revert back to its curly state. So she stopped pressing it. She stopped relaxing it. She stopped trying to straighten it and she cut off the relaxed ends and started rocking it curly. Now it made it easier for her to rock her hair in its curly natural state because she started to see women like Free from 106 and Park who would rock their natural kinky wavy curly hair and she felt like well if she could do it I could do it and it made it easier for her so that she didn't have to spend so much time trying to straighten it. After Miko went natural she inspired Titi to go natural as well and they both had an epiphany in which they realized that there wasn't a market that was being tapped into that contained products for women with coily kinky wavy curly textured hair and there wasn't a person that was readily available to explain to them how to care for their hair. So they decided to specialize from that point on in kinks, curls, and waves. And once they made that decision, they went ahead and decided it would be best to do a campaign to market their salon so that women with that texture of hair could come to the salon to get their hair cared for. After this advertisement, Miko stated that their first clients, shockingly, were 
white women who had curly textured hair. And ever since then, they saw a boost in business. Within two years, they had three to $400,000 in revenue. And after that, they had as much as $700,000 in revenue. While business was lucrative for them, they realized there were no products on the market that catered to curls, kinks, and waves. So Miko and TT devised the plan to use Miss Jessie's method and to mix up a concoction to create a product that could sustain curls, moisturize them, and nurture them. After months of mixing and trying to put a little bit of this and a little bit of that, per Miko's words, they actually created Curly Pudding. So Curly Pudding was born in 2004. Curly Pudding took the natural hair care world by storm. People love the consistency. They love the smell. They love how it made their hair feel. They really love the formula of it. But one thing that really pushed Curly Pudding was social media. Now there was no IG, no Twitter, no Facebook around that time, but they had a site that was ran by a white woman whose name is Michelle Breyer and the name of the site is Naturally Curly. On this site, a lot of women would discuss their hair products and how it made their hair feel and it gave their product a buzz and it also brought extra business to their salon. So they would see people, you know, talking they ish about them on their page or they were given just great feedback. And either way, they embraced all of the feedback because it got people talking about their product and about their business without them ever having to solicit them. So at this time, they had Curly Pudding in the salon curve and they would use it on different clients' hair but shockingly enough they did not have a manufacturer a distributor or a chemist so they pretty much had to whip up the formula you know that work they had to whip it up in the basement of their brownstone and i was very taxing on them physically because they had to roll barrels down to the ups truck that had a bunch of product and oils but eventually they went on to find distributors and just like their first clients after that ad was white women and just like the white woman would naturally curl it was actually white women who were their first distributors and it was two white women that worked at Soda Fine and they actually went on to get distributed by Louis Lucari and they eventually had mega chains like Ricky's who went on to advertise and distribute Miss Jessie's inside of their businesses. Due to them having a new product and an influx of customers, they decided to change the name of their salon from Curve to Miss Jessie. So in 2005, they gave it the new name change in honor of their grandmother. And they also had new products such as Curly Meringue, Curly Buttercream, Baby Buttercream. And these new products just further increased the already mega cult following that they had. It just grew and grew. Now, even though they were experiencing success during this time, it really started to take a toll on them because they were working so much that they barely had any time with friends or any time for leisure or really to check on the well-being of one another. Now, they were working together, but to just kind of chill and enjoy the fruits of their labor, they really didn't get a chance to. So they started to have a lot of tension that they ignored and it actually reached a boiling point. So in 2006, things just got really bad. They started having arguments and TT felt as though she should take full ownership of Miss Jessie's. Miko, of course, felt offended because she was technically the one who started it with the Curve Salon. Well, TT even took it a step further to get the courts involved and she was able to get court orders against Miko, telling her to empty all of the money from their joint account. And Miko decided to go into her own salon in Washington, DC. And it was really hard on her because she had to commute to this salon in DC and it was hard because she also has a son. 
so she had to put her son in the care of others and it took so much of a toll on her that she actually ended up spinning out of control while traveling back home and thankfully she didn't go over the overpass because the truck was there but she definitely knew she needed a change so after this incident she realized that she could no longer make the four hour plus commute the judge then ordered Miko and TT to go into mediation so this was the first time that they met up in a while because they were mad at each other and Miko stated that during mediation she actually cursed at her sister because she felt that her sister was lying and the lawyer tried to intervene and they asked for a break so during the break she and TT talked and Miko said she could just look at TT and tell through her eyes she looked completely exhausted she was not herself and TT revealed that she was actually clinically depressed and had been for some years so due to them talking about it, they reconciled and both collectively decided to go ahead and drop the lawsuits. During this period of reconciliation with the sisters, they got a major call from a mass retail channel. And this channel turned out to be Target. Target loved their product. They loved the background story of it. And most importantly, they thought that they had a product that could attract consumers who are part of the new wave of the natural hair care movement. Many women were putting down the relaxers. They were tired of putting the creamy crack in their scalps and they wanted to go natural and they knew that Miss Jessie's could cater to that audience. So the partnership was very successful. They not only went on to partner with Target, but they also did other channels like Walmart. They also were in magazines like the Elle magazine, Allure, Marie Claire. They were just really dominating the natural hair care industry at this time. Now things were definitely on the up and up for them. I mean, they had a successful partnership with a massive retail chain. In 2010, they moved their salon from out of the second floor of their Bed-Stuy brownstone, and they moved it into a new location in the Soho Manhattan area. So even though they had the success of the opening of the store, TT wanted to do something she didn't have the luxury to do from working so strenuously all those years. So she created a profile on Match.com. She ended up finding a man named Anthony Spotafora on there. Now, Anthony was a couple of years younger than TT. Oh, he had God. a he son named Anthony Spotafora Jr. TT has no children and he came from Pennsylvania. But TT was a person with a big heart, so it didn't bother her the fact that he did not have the amount of wealth that TT had. And Anthony was a swooner. He came off acting like he was very supportive of TT, that he was trying to motivate her. But eventually, his true colors started to come to the forefront of the relationship. So, knowing that TT had mental illness and that she was a wealthy businesswoman, he began to use TT monetarily. He was able to get $35,000 for a student loan to pay off his son, Anthony Spada, for a junior oh, student no. loan. He was able to get $135,000 interest-free loan. He was able to get $2,000 for his mother's psychotherapy, $50,000 to give $25 apiece to his aunt and his mother, and he also got $420,000 to renovate a Pennsylvania home. Being around a woman who had a successful hair care line, of course, he started to be a follower and create his own beard care line named Maestro Beard Classic. So for any of you who are supporting this line, I really hope that you boycott it because to me, it's wrong 
that this woman had mental illness and you were able to extract all this money from her knowing that she had low self-esteem and psychological issues and you kept taking from her but it didn't stop there he went as far as convincing her to change the beneficiary of her two million dollar life what? insurance policy from her sister miko to him oh and he went on to disrespect her further because it has been alleged that he made sexual advances towards her trainer so because of these events occurring tt knew that she had to cut him off and when she was trying to dump him he would blackmail her saying that he was going to release nude photos of her to the public in the event that she dumped him now tt was battling her own demons with her mental illness the depression was too much for her to bear and to compound that with this grown boy who was intent on extracting all of this money from you no amount is good enough it just made tt feel like she had no escape especially since he was potentially jeopardizing her brand by releasing the nudes so because it started to spiral out of control tt could no longer handle this pressure alone and on december 4th 2014 she committed suicide the natural hair care community was rocked by the reports of TT's death. They could not fathom how this occurred because TT came across as this lively, jovial, bubbly person who had so much life inside of her and she inspired so many she people and she uplifted so many people's self-esteem by helping to further this natural hair care movement that liberated so many women and a lot of black women who could express themselves through their natural curly kinky textured hair they no longer had to hide behind the weaves and to know that that figure was gone people could not understand that and the worst part of all is that at that time tt probably couldn't recognize the signs that she was in a relationship with a clear cut narcissist he was practicing classic narcissistic behavior mm. with the financial abuse constantly extracting money out of her trying to put her in a relationship triangle hence the making advances towards the trainer and he even would disrespect her in terms of her family because within days of her death the family asked for her computer and he told them that they would not get the computer unless they sent him this cartier bracelet what? and once they sent the cartier bracelet they got the computer and it was scrubbed virtually clean so that to me looked a little bit suspect like if you have nothing to hide why on earth would you erase these documents allegedly off her computer so because of these suspicious circumstances miko took it upon herself to protect her sister's legacy and she tried to file a lawsuit against anthony for undue Multiple influence times. which he tried to get himself to be allocated 50 percent of all of tt's business endeavors what? on top of the two million dollar life insurance policy that he what? convinced her to sign over in his name and the scariest part of all is that he never married her he alleged they were trying to have kids and they were having difficulty conceiving but this man asking for all of this money all of her business earnings and you didn't even put a ring on it like that's crazy but ultimately miko was unsuccessful in trying to file a lawsuit against him for undue influence i'm sure the courts viewed her as a black woman even though she's mixed and viewed him as this white man and they weren't going to give her a dime but i'm really proud of her that she has fought tooth and nail to protect the legacy of not only her grandmother but her sister she hasn't let this oh, experience God, deter her from continuing on the goals that i'm sure she and tt had for themselves she hasn't let this hinder her in any way i really think you guys should go and buy her book it's called building a business from scratch naturally and i really think that the best message we could take away from this is that you have to be careful of vultures like anthony 
There are people like that who you have to recognize the signs early on because when you choose to ignore the signs early on, it becomes harder and harder for you to be able to leave the situation. By that time, they end up leaving you toothless, pennyless, energyless, and you're just not yourself. And a red flag for me is definitely a man that comes out of the woodwork asking me for money, but you can't give me anything. You know, they ask you for these ridiculous amounts that they know they ain't got. But the moment that you ask, oh, you a gold digger. Oh, uh, uh, well, uh, 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 no, that's too much for me. Ultimately, I really think the message that we need to take away from this is that you have to be sure to never confine yourself to just this realm of YouTube and being confined to this mm. chair, this screen, this microphone for validation. And of course, this doesn't only apply to YouTube, but whatever career field that you're in, get out and get a passport, go travel, go discover Madagascar, wherever. It's so many things in this world for you to unearth. So and true. we get so consumed in trying to reach success that we neglect self. And then we slip into these depressions and realize that our best years are gone. And it's just a negative downward trend that is hard to get yourself out of when you're already in it. So I really, really, really hope that you all learn from TT's story. Please let me know if you are Miss Jessie's girl. Please don't let these suckers out here, you know, run you for your money and run this Ugh. game on you. Learn from her story. Learn from plenty of other women's story. Tell me if you purchased her products. I thank her sister for sharing her story. Please pass this video on. Let me know what you think about the video. Let me know what you think about Miss Jessie's products. Please that make sure you- That was absolutely excellent. So story you turn the story of success, humble beginnings to, you know, commercial success. Your products are everywhere. Into this the story of Miss Jessie's, which is now a best-selling book. <laughs> Talk to me about the process of writing, because while you were going through this book, you also experienced tragedy and losing your sister, Titi. Mm -hmm. How did you um, face that tragedy and what, what made you keep going to write the book? Well, uh, the wonderful news is before my sister passed away, she and I had a conversation. And the conversation was actually led by Titi. And Titi thought that now is a time for us to share our story. And the reason why she thought it was important to share our story is because although we became uh, successful in uh, making curly pudding and we were also very successful in our business, I think the number one question we were getting all the time is how did you do it? How did you create this business from scratch? Um, you know, during a time when, you know, we can be very helpful because there's a lot of information. Yeah, this is so excellent. This is the second, uh, this is the second show. Hold on. I'm trying to go to sleep and this cat is licking me and purring. How can I sleep? Are you chewing on my headphones? Oh, I know you're not chewing my headphones. Ow! Ah, that's my boob! Get that claw out of my boob! Ow! Oh, God. No! What are you doing? Okay, that's it. Okay, you gonna stay still?
our balls. It's time to go to sleep. Oh gosh, I don't know cat. 